This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we are going to be talking about is the market disconnected from reality? There is a lot of hype out in the media right now. A lot of articles that are talking about why the stock market is so high when we're still in the middle of this pandemic economy. And I do think there's some legitimacy to that question. We have to ask ourselves why that would be the case. And it begs the question then, are the markets disconnected from the reality of our situation? So let's take a look at this. According to the uh, Dow Jones, the high was around 29,000 and the low was just over 18,000. So we have an 11,000 point swing in the Dow that happened when we had massive volatility hit the markets in the month of March, end of February, month of March. Now, currently as I am doing this show, the market is hovering around a 24,000 point mark on the Dow. It goes up a little bit, comes down a little bit, goes up a little bit, comes down a little bit. So when you think about that, it is back up around 6,000 points from its low, but it is still down around 5,000 points from its high. So one of the things that I want to point out about that is I don't think that we should be saying the market is high because we are definitely still 5,000 points below what the high of the Dow was. So kind of putting that into perspective before we, you know, kind of go back and start saying, well, the market is so high, is it disconnected? But here's the thing that people are really trying to connect the markets to right now. They're trying to connect them to the fact that people are believing and assuming that the United States is in a recession right now. And whether we're in a recession or not, whether we stay in a recession or not, the question really is, do the markets connect to a recession or is there a natural divergence between an economy being in a recession and the stock market still actually moving forward? So let's talk about this a little bit. So on April 24th, the Congressional Budget Office released an estimate that real GDP would fall by 40% on a seasonally adjusted annual rate for the current quarter ending June 30th. Okay, that's a big deal. GDP dropping by 40% in any quarter is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think that's a surprise to any of us who are listening to this, that GDP, the basic measure of productivity in our country, and uh, economic output, I, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody that we're going to see a huge number down. And I think when the economy started shutting down, the market drop that happened at that time was certainly reflective of the overall panic of, I wonder how far this is going to go, which drove it down to those bottom levels. Now, on April 28th, the government figures indicated that GDP fell at an annualized rate of 4.8% for this year's first quarter. So think about that. We had a 4.8% fall in Q1, and, and this hit us in Q1. 
So although we had the economy start to shut down in Q1, we only saw a 4.8% reduction, and now they're saying 40% reduction by the end of Q2. And that's because for many businesses, April was still a month of complete shutdown. May is a month of complete shutdown in many areas. And if partial reopening is happening, like, you know, people are only doing it in phases. And maybe we'll see some more full opening in June. But the concern really, of course, is, is there going to be another spike that will cause lockdowns to happen again? So it's virtually certain that upcoming figures for June 30th are going to show a decline in GDP. I don't I don't know how anybody could argue against that. So let's just accept that as reality, that there's going to be a decline in the GDP. And that means that the country is slowing down economically. When we have enough of a slowdown, then basically we end up having a recession. And how does a recession affect the stock market? So that's what I want to dig into going forward here. So a recession is an extended period of declining economic output, declining wages, poor unemployment numbers, declining industrial production, and declining retail sales. All right, so all of that has to go down. So for sure, we've had all that happen, right, here in the last few months. There's no doubt about it that all of those things have happened. Now, you can argue that it was situational because of the pandemic. You can argue that things could possibly pop back up to quote unquote normal following the pandemic. But the truth about it is that nobody really knows. All we really know is what we can look backwards at. We can't look forward and predict with any degree of certainty. So we can look backwards and say, have we moved into recessionary times? Well, if it's measured by a decline in all those things I just said, wages, economic output, production, sales, then heck yes. (laughs) I mean, no doubt about it. That's where we are right now. But here's the thing that we have to really, really pay attention to. A recession is not the same thing as a bear market. You have to remember that the economy is not the stock market, and those two things do not track together necessarily. The stock market is based on expectations for the economy in 6 to 12 months. So listen to that again. The stock market is based on expectations for the economy in 6 to 12 months. So if we've had significant recovery in the stock market, what that means is the stock market is predicting significant recovery in the economy in 6 to 12 months. Now, we've heard a lot of things in the media about, oh, maybe Q3, Q4, or Q1 of next year are going to be more positive and we'll be back to really strong economic numbers. That's what the stock market is predicting. That is what the stock market is showing us right now if it is predicting, in fact, 6 to 12 months out in the future. So the reality is that stocks can move up during a recession because they're predicting the future of the economy. And they can also move down when this economy is expanding. So again, if they're predictive, the stock market can trend downwards while the economy is growing if they're predicting a recession in the future. So economic recessions are expansive. 
may not be identified until months after they began. So recession is looked at in a backwards look and the stock market is a forwards look. So when we hear things like the stock market is disconnected from the reality of what's going on right now in our economy, I would say that's probably true because it's not supposed to be connected. It's supposed to be predictive where the economy measures something on a backwards look. So keep that in mind when you hear the media talking about this. I think that should give you some comfort in understanding why the market is responding the way that it is. Now, let's talk a little bit about something called internal versus external shocks. Recessions can be started by imbalances in the economy. Like we had a financial crisis back in the 2008-2009 area. Now we have a pandemic that's created an imbalance in the economy. And these imbalances usually have to stabilize for a recession to end. Now, we don't know how this pandemic is going to stabilize, and that's why there's so much confusion and uncertainty surrounding things in terms of when the country is going to pull out of this. So recessions can also be started by the economy's reaction to an external shock, like a pandemic like we just have, or even a terrorist attack. So we saw things happen when we had 9-11, where we saw markets falter for quite a while. And so when you have either internal shocks or external shocks, those can drive the country into recessions. And here's the thing about a recession. It's just kind of like when you go shopping, the customer is always right. (laughs) And here's what I mean by that. Consumer spending accounts for about 70% of the U.S. economic activity. So that's why there's so much concern that social distancing and quarantine measures due to COVID-19 are going to have a negative effect on the U.S. economy. Ask yourself, Have you spent as much money in the last two months as you normally would have? And I think for a lot of people, the answer is no. For sure, you're not spending it on leisure activities. For sure, you're not spending it on travel. You know, a lot of people uh, are spending more money on groceries, but less money going out to eat. A lot of people aren't spending money on going to entertainment. You might be renting a movie off of Netflix, but you're not going to the movie theaters. And there's a huge difference in price and your discretionary spending with what's happening right now when people are on stay-at-home orders. So that is part of the reason that we're seeing recessionary issues happen is because the spending patterns of people in a lockdown are so dramatically different than the spending patterns of people who are not on a lockdown. Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named the 2020 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list for the third year running. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And we're talking about are the markets disconnected from the current reality of our economic situation? And as we discussed in the first part of the show, the 
stock market tends to be predictive. It's forward-looking at the next 6 to 12 months of what is anticipated to happen in the economy, where a recession prediction is a backwards look at what actually did happen in the economy. So it's completely reasonable that the stock market and the current state of the economy would to some degree be disconnected because one is a forward look and one is a backwards look. So I think that makes a lot of sense. So as we're talking about recessions, I want to put a couple of things in context for you. So first of all, I think it's important to remember that what goes up must come down. (laughs) So recessions and expansions are both a part of the normal economic cycle. In fact, there's been 12 recessions since 1945, occurring about five years apart on average. Now that data comes from the Hartford. And, you know, so if that's the case, if this does happen, it's something that we don't have to be afraid of because it is part of the norm for the economy to go through these cycles. It is part of the norm to have recession and expansion. And so um, a couple of things that I want to point out is not only is it normal, but it also can actually be a good harbinger for things to come. So some data that I compiled from Renaissance Investment Management shows this, that if we look at the GDP growth and then the S&P 500 average returns a year later, two years later, three years later, it is very consistent that if we have negative GDP growth, then it acts like a springboard for markets going forward. So think of it like this. If the recession is happening, it's kind of like this tightening and it's squeezing things down. And think of it like almost like a a slinky, right? If you squeeze the slinky together, you know, it's full of tension. And when you release the slinky, it kind of pops up and expands. That's what tends to happen with the markets and GDP. So what this data from Renaissance is showing is that if we have GDP growth, and it is less than zero. So if we have negative GDP, which is exactly what's happening right now, the average returns from that from 1947 to the present are this. Negative GDP growth in one year. The following year, the average was 27.7% positive return on the S&P. Following two years was 43.4%. And the following three years, we saw 59.9% growth within three years of that negative GDP. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a ride that most people would be okay to be on. Now, this doesn't hold true every single time, but when there has been negative GDP growth, and this is going back to 1947, 97% of the time the following year, it's positive on the S&P. And in two years and three years, 100% of the time it's been positive. Okay, hear me say that again. Negative GDP growth, anytime we've had that since 1947, 100% of the time, it has had a positive S&P 500 the following two and three years. That is a heck of a statistic. That is what's the pent-up demand is being talked about. That's what we're talking about with that. Now, let's contrast that to GDP growth of what maybe is what's considered more normal or advantageous. Let's say we have GDP growth of three to 5% a year. If we have that, most people are pretty happy. And when we have that, usually we see S&P 500 returns averaging around 12% the following year, 
26% in two years and 38% in three years. But there's more like an 80 to 85% chance that we're going to have a positive S&P when we have GDP of three to 5% versus a 100% chance, according to the historical data, of if we have negative GDP growth. So what that's telling me is that even if we do have negative GDP growth this year, which certainly looks like it's going to be likely, even if that happens that it's certainly reasonable to think that recovery is going to be in the future for us. It's not like this is never going to come back. The data does not show that. Now, of course, history does not predict what's going to happen in the future, but we can use history to help us understand what has happened and what we might be able to look for going forward. Okay. Here's one of the things I think that's interesting too about recessions. We grow more than we contract. And that's why you see charts that show like over the long run, stock markets have gone up, right? So on average, US recessions have lasted about 11 months. The longest one that we saw in any recent history was the Great Recession from 2007 to 2009. And that lasted about 18 months. After that, we had positive movement forward lasting more than 10 years. So 18 months of pain for 10 years of gain. That is a recipe for growing wealth. So hear that. I think that I heard it said one time that there's only about six to eight really great buying opportunities in somebody's life. And I think it's entirely possible we might be in one of those times right now for many people. Okay, so what the moral of this story is, is that even in today's interconnected world, there can be recessions happening and stock moving, stock markets moving forward. And it is not necessarily something that is country by country versus global either. You can see individual countries enter a recession without taking the global economy down with them. In fact, according to the International Monetary Fund, there have only been four global recessions since 1960 compared to eight recessions in the U.S. during that same time frame. So just because the U.S. goes into recession does not mean the entire world does or will. Now, will it right now? Well, this is a worldwide pandemic, so chances are this is likely to be one of those global recessions. But understand that the things do not necessarily always go hand in hand. And as I said here, I think it's important to remember that bad begets good. So if we have something that happens that's bad in the economy, we tend to see a stronger expansion following it. In fact, the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland did a study, and they found that the worse a recession, the stronger the expansion that followed it. And they didn't find a connection between the length of an economic expansion and the severity of the recession that followed it. So what that means is a period of bad time, the worse it is, the stronger the bounce back, but there is no correlation to that strong bounce back creating massive pain later. Okay, the recessionary times tend to be a function of something unique, and it has nothing necessarily to do with how well the economy has been doing leading up to it. Okay, 
Now, as you think about that, one of the things to keep in mind are that not all stocks are created equal. And we are seeing that play out to be very true right now. We are seeing industries and we are seeing certain stocks that have just gotten devastated by this pandemic. At the same time, we are seeing innovative companies, technology companies, companies that are providing staples to people that are thriving during this pandemic. We are seeing stock values of some companies shoot straight up, while at the same time, stock values of other companies are shooting straight down. So you have to keep this in mind when you're thinking about the stock market is that it's a it's more than just a few things, right? So the stock market is gonna be reflective of many companies doing well during this time, even better than they ever have before and many companies who are really, really struggling right now. Okay, and then here's the final point that I wanna make about the whole market being disconnected from the reality of our situation right now. And that's that stocks can grow when the economy contracts. So although bear markets sometimes coincide with recessions, stocks can actually produce positive returns and they have during seven of the 12 recessions since 1945. In fact, the S&P 500 index returned 4.76% on average through those recessions. So it is not unusual to see the markets doing what they're doing right now, even when we have recessionary issues happening. So when you hear out in the media, oh, the stock market's disconnected from reality, that means we're going to have an impending crash happen. That is fear-mongering. Now, we may see the stocks go back down and retest those lows. We may see it go even lower. I don't know. Nobody can really predict that. But anybody who's preaching that that's for sure is going to happen probably has an agenda to sell something. (laughs) And so be mindful of the news that you choose to listen to. Will the markets go up? Maybe they will. Will the markets go down? Maybe they will. We don't know. But the reality is that the stock market is not supposed to coincide and be aligned with what's happening in the economy right now. It's supposed to be a forward look. It's supposed to be predictive. And recessions and economies are measured with a backwards look of what has already happened. And that, my friends, is why you see the divergence. I hope this has been valuable to understand what's happening right now in the markets. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049. 
and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.